Welcome to the Brazilian Beat, episode number 77, with Fred Taruca of the London School of Samba. Join us as we get to know the per- Brazilian percussion music-making community, one interview at a time. This is Diana. And this is Courtney. So we had a lot of fun on this next interview, and it was a long time coming as well, just because schedules did not allow and the time difference, so we're glad we finally were able to speak with Fred from the London School of Samba. Absolutely. There was lots of lots of giggling on this one. <laughs> uh, so a little bit about Fred, Mestri Fred. He is the musical director of the London School of Samba. He has been involved with many of the samba and samba fusion groups in London, including the musical director of Casa de Cachaça, Barking Bateria, and Rhythms of Resistance, and has been a director at B Loco, Loco Vida, and Queijo Processado. Which is the best name. (laughs) (laughs) He has also played and learned from groups such as Vergivai, Rhythms of the City, Chapa Kenchi, as well as being involved with groups such as Sambatalian and Sambal. Fred was then chosen to tour with a very successful Rio Bloco, Mono Bloco, in their UK tour in 2007. And he has delivered workshops across the UK for the last 15 years. Fred has performed with London School of Samba's Godmother School uh, in Rio de Janeiro, Mosadaji Independente de Padre Miguel at Carnival in 2010, and their sister school, Unidos de Padre Miguel, in 2012. He has also paraded with Sereno G. Campo Grande in 2008. He's also delivered samba and drumming workshops across the, glo- across the globe, as well as good samba vibes. I love that. That's good. All the music that you'll hear today um, in the background, what you're hearing right now, is all from London School of Samba. There's, a, there's some bits in here where um, the Fred's audio starts to fade out. I um, did the best I could to doctor it up and, and make it um, as easy to listen to as possible. But uh, yeah, hang in there. <laughs> it's good. It's worth it. Do you guys like us? We like each other and we like you. But if you guys like us, consider joining our Kofi community. We love doing this podcast. We love having these conversations and these interactions with the global community. We love bringing all these people together into one podcast. It's a labor of love, but it's also labor. It's time, it's equipment, it costs money, and it costs a lot of coffee. Please help us keep these conversations going and learn more by going to ko-fi.com slash the Brazilian beat. This podcast is free and it's going to remain free, but it's not free to make. We know that there are a lot of things out there to support right now. And if you have the means, we invite you to join our community of support for this podcast. And thank you so much. So that address again is coffee.com slash the Brazilian beat. Yes, uh, thanks everybody that has donated already um, and is part of that community. We appreciate you all so much. Oh my God, it's so awesome. Yeah, thank you. Also, a free way to support this podcast that actually helps a lot is to tell your friends about us and also give us a rating um, on Apple Podcast or whatever podcast whatever podcast player you're listening to us on. Please check out Lessons. If you are stuck at home, check out Lessons um, from all the different folks. We've got them listed at thebrazilianbeat.com slash uh, resources. 
So go check those out. Um, a lot of our teachers and friends are in there, and they're doing online lessons, so you can do them from home. Social distance. You have access to teachers you've never had access to before. Well, you've never had access to from home anyway. So exactly. Yeah. And yeah. right and right now, you know, there the news came out that uh, Rio Carnival has officially been postponed. So all of these folks in Rio and Sao Paulo, wherever Carnival has been delayed. So they've got time. They need to make some money. Uh, so if you could help out and take lessons, that would be wonderful. TheBrazilianBeat.com slash resources. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and we'll talk to you on the other side. And one final pitch for you all is GoSamba.net. Are you looking for Brazilian percussion instruments? You can find them at my store, GoSamba.net. I have imported instruments so that you don't have to. I have dealt with customs and border protection, so you don't have to. <laughs> so go uh, go check out the kaishas, hippikis, surdus, everything is there, shokayus, all that stuff. Go samba.net. Thanks. Good morning, Diana. How are you this morning? I'm doing well, Courtney. How are you? I'm doing great. Who do we have on today? Well, today... I wanted to say that uh, recently, over the past couple months, we've been doing interviews out of Brazil, and that has been great. But today, we have someone from the UK. We have Mestri Fred Turuka from London School of Samba. Welcome, Fred. Hello, everybody. How are you? Excellent. It's awesome to have one in English as the person who edits these at the end. (laughs) 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 And we've been trying to reach out to Fred for a while. Well... Things happen and things are busy, but things are not as busy now. So uh, it's been uh, it's great to have you here today. Right, well, th- thank you for having me. And uh, I have been uh, busy, as they always say, um, with uh, Samba and life. But it's really nice just to you know finally get to have a chat with you guys. And after listening Aww. to all your podcasts of various other people uh, that I in the Samba world, it's 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 really quite weird to be here on this side of it. All. So <laughs> yeah, thanks again. Well, let's start out like we like we normally do and um, ask you kind of how you, where did you grow up and what was it like with your family and how did you get involved with music? Okay. Uh, well, I was born in Tanzania in East Whoa. Africa. Uh, yep. <laughs> that was a Darislav. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, when I was one, I came over to the UK because my dad uh, was doing his PhD here. And so in order for him to complete it, he shipped his whole family over here. And I stayed on because my mum then got a job in the Tanzania embassy. So mm. the whole family was allowed to stay. So the choice was either go back to Tanzania, and my dad becomes a professor, or you stay here. And the opportunities for myself and my brother is a bit potentially mm-hmm. a bit more well a bit more than tanzania and uh, we just do what we can and that's how i ended up here in london um when it comes to music uh, i think it was in secondary school that's between the ages of 11 and 16 that i kind of had a thing for music i mean as a child i used to play in ornamental drums that my mum brought back from tanzania mm. um but I never really gave it much thought. Uh, and mm-hmm. it was, 
I used to, my love of music, my brother's love of music, and the eclectic things that would turn up in our house would go from Ian Dewey and the Blockhead to John and Summer to, I don't know, a bit of <laughs> Mozart, you know, what's going on? But it, I loved various bits of it. Uh, and when I finally got an opportunity to study it in between 14 and 16, I grabbed that. Um, but it never really, after 16, it never really turned up again until by chance at university. And that was a blocko that was based at the university oh. uh, called, Barking, called Barking Batteria. And that's how I started back in 97. What was the, you said you were playing music when you were at 16. What was, you said you had an opportunity to study and play. What, what, what were you doing? Well, basically, I was I was at secondary school, and um, you have the option to do uh, something creative, and it was you had to choose either music, drama, art. But you could pick only two of them, mm. and I liked all three of them. And <laughs> I was in a band at the time. Uh, uh, I can't remember what they were called now. And after uh, a lot of debate, I dropped drama which is a shame because my drama teacher was going to put me in a kind of children's soap thing that was on telly if I drama. Um, but I said, no, I'm in a band and I like my music. So it was just playing the keyboard, you know, some singing and stuff like that. And, you know, I got myself a, a, a DCSC, which is a school equivalent, a, a B in that. But after that happened, there was no opportunity to take that any further in my local colleges. Mm -hmm. So I just dropped it. Mm. Gotcha. So there was a, do you mind if I ask what year that you were in college that there was a bloco? Uh, yeah, that was in 1997, that I can remember. The bloco was called Barking Batteria. <laughs> <laughs> Diana, was there anything like that happening in the, in the U.S. then? In, like uh, university programs? Not in university, I don't think at all. I, mean, I no. think that the Lions were going and... And Austin was going. Right. But yeah, it was kind of rare for that to be happening here. That's cool. Yeah. Well, it kind of happened kind of in a weird way to do with, well, not in a weird way, Samba's about politics. It's about politics. There was a strike up in Liverpool. I think it was mm -hmm. the minor strike. And Liverpool School of Samba went out and supported them. Now, there were two anthropologists based at my uni, the University of East London. And they were like, oh, this is amazing. We should have a blocko down in London. So they approached the London School of Samba and got teachers from there to uh, come over to the university. They bought some equipment mm -hmm. and tried to get them to teach them oh. some Samba in order to get the blocko going. Wow. And so I it was to be at that unit. interesting. It was from the anthropology department. Yeah. And at that point, Fred, had any of the Brazilians come over to teach workshops? Um, well, at well, for Barking, no, but for London School mm. of Samba, yes. Um, mm. What had happened, because it was started by a Brazilian called um, Bosco de Oliveira, who was, uh, you know, a very good uh, Latin percussionist here in London. And he joined in with a whole bundle of other people uh, who were also in London at the time for either it was kind of political refugee reasons or, or just happened to come over economic reasons or, or just being in London. And they decided to form sure. that Samba school. So they'd had a stream of people coming from various places, including from Mossidaj Independente, she went to the girl. Mm. But, you know, for me at the time when I started, I was not aware of any of that. I just found something that was kind of cool and that I'd like to get into. But initially I was just filming because 
it was for a football team. Some guy called Rio Ferdinand, who was a footballer for now for Man or used to be for Manchester United, had started at my local team. Hmm. And his name is Rio. They wanted a samba in there, and that was the connection. Hmm. And I was filming it, and that's how I know. That's how I saw it and fell in love, and then eventually joined it. Nice. What year did London School of Samba start? They started in 1984. Wow. Only the 31st. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, but they they got together and it was somewhere in a someone's house in Finsbury Park. They had this idea, like we're going to have a chat and these ten people are going to chat and we're going to start a samba school. We need this, 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 and this. And then they just went out and their first year of carnival was six or eight months later in August, and that was there. We've done every single Notting Hill Carnival hmm. since then until now, except for one, I think, this rained. Now, just speaking of today, are you guys, did you guys do the Notting Hill Carnival online? Ah, yes, because that's happening at the moment. Uh, mm -hmm. We are not involved in the way that we were trying to be involved. It's kind of uh, it was just about fitting lots of people in the right space. So we wanted to be involved in the Montague Hill Carnival online, but we there was a clash, which was uh, we were meant to be filming yesterday for it, which is going to happen next week, mm. but they ran out of spaces and they couldn't fit us in. And oh. then the following day, they said they might be able to get a little bit in, but they, we couldn't do it really. They, we couldn't get our people for the Saturday. They didn't have space for the Friday. Uh, but we're still going to send them something so that we're still represented somehow on the Notting Hill Carnival yeah. online stuff. Because you know, those guys are fab. And they have it a lot of weight on them with so many groups and trying to organise it all. So yeah. anyway, to say thank you and happy Carnival, then we'll do it. At least it's happening in some manner. Yeah. You guys are not locked down nice. anymore, correct? Uh, what they said, they're easing restrictions on lockdown. Um, it's all very confusing. Um, <laughs> so we're not really pinned to the house anymore. We haven't been like that for quite some time, but who you see, where you see them, um, there are always some things. They just opened it up so that you can have, I think it's like 30 people in a room. And I'm thinking, mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, but most um, samba stuff or most physical activity, they're trying to do it outside, including bars and restaurants, etc. Uh, indoor stuff still does happen, but with socially distant um, kind of setup. Yeah. So yeah, so not a lot of people are doing stuff like samba indoors. Um, I don't think we'll be back for a little bit, but we will be doing more park stuff, which we've done none mm -hmm. so far. We've done some virtual online stuff, but we've done no kind of park stuff. So we're going to try and do a bit of that whilst the weather is still reasonably warm. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we do have that coming, don't we, here in the Northern Hemisphere? Yes. Yeah. Rain and cold. Yeah. Joy! <laughs> <laughs> so can you tell us about when you took over of the... Um, being the musical director there at London School of Samba? That was back in 2007 because the position of musical director is elected. Um, mm. So people put themselves forward and people get approached and say, can you come? And then uh, the members will elect uh, a person who has at least some of the credentials that um, are required. Um, now, I was asked by the previous musical director, Mestre Mags, to come forward and 
put myself forward in there, which I think I refused twice before I, the third time round, I went, oh, okay. And I put myself <laughs> forward and I won. And so I was uh, the musical director between 2007 and 2012, 2012. And then I stopped in order to focus more on having a child, but I was still a bachelor director. So me and the missus were like, I need to slow down a bit, mm-hmm. you know, nest a little. Uh, and then we had our child in 2014. Well, I should remember this. It's, it's my child. Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll get in trouble here when the missus hears this. Okay. <laughs> so 2014, we had a child and was in 2016 I was like I feel the urge to go back mm. but obviously I'm thinking this is my last shot at going back and doing that kind of thing again and I I told the person that was currently there that I went to run for election but no offense it's just this is my last chance to do it and I didn't think I would win and I won mm. and I'm like oh uh. so <laughs> yeah I, I from 2016 to now uh, I am still, I'm again, for the second time, musical director of the London School of Samba. Yeah, terrific. Very so I, I guess I accidentally skipped over a piece. When when did you start playing? I mean, you were playing in the Bloco at school, and then at some point you transitioned to London School of Samba and were playing there for a while? Is that where you learned, kind of yes. got your chops and learned? That's Yes, uh, it was weird. Uh, I started with Barking Battery at the University of East London, uh, and we had teachers who were either battery directors or previous mess players of the London School of Samba oh, okay. teaching us, and they kept swapping and stuff. Uh, and then I, in 2000, uh, yeah, yeah, in the year 2000, I think it was, I decided, um, I, decided, I got invited by Mystery Mags to come to um, London School of Samba and teach a piece that was based on a Timbalada piece. I was like, oh, me go to the school of Samba and teach those guys. I, mean, I must be crazy. <laughs> you know, these guys are so good. Uh, and I, I just came and gave them a flavor of what us, our blocko was doing. And it, they loved it. And they were really, really friendly. And I'm like, this guy's all right. Mm. So I ended up coming more and more, did carnival with them. And then in 2007, I uh, went from being a punter to being um, a battery director. No, sorry, that's wrong. 2005, went from a punter to being a battery director. And then in 2007, got the uh, MD job. So, yee, all good. <laughs> so I've kind of dominated the questions. Diana, did you have one? Um, I wanted to ask you, um, so you started out with London Samba School. How soon after that um, did you visit Brazil for the first time? Oh, I think I missed the end of that question because it peaked a little oh. bit. When was it that you first visited Brazil to study? Ah, right. Uh, my first trip to Brazil was in 2006. And hmm. uh, I went with a few friends uh, of mine. Uh, well, one guy, a guy, Rob, who's now in uh, New Zealand doing some stuff down there. And uh, my good friend, Karen. Uh, and also Mariana, who is uh, a very big of his arts and yes she she comes to brazil you can stay at my flag got a flat then i'll we'll go around to some of the sam schools and share the beach and it was really good literally just went out there watching rehearsals talking to people 
running, you know, running down the beach trying to figure out who was playing. And, and that's where I kind of <laughs> fell in love with a samba school. Uh, I was mm-hmm. with, before I went out to Brazil, a Unidos da Tijuca fan. Loved him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these guys mm-hmm. great. And then I went to a rehearsal of uh, Mossi Daji, Independiente de Padre Miguel. And uh, it was at the time they just moved from Mr. Coer to Mr. Jonas. And mm-hmm. I'd met Jonas the year before. He'd come to London. And just watching him work, I was oh, wow. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. And it's, it's so fun. <laughs> he had a, a tambourine, a line of tambourines. And then, oh, he's great at tambourine. Yeah, and he, he played the Sabina. You know, like, okay, let's go. Let's turn. And he's like, well, no, 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 no. I don't think so. And then he stopped and he said, this half over here, this is cool. This half over here, something's wrong. Let's try again. Sorry. And oh, no, no. And everyone rumbles going, oh, no, no, it's not. <laughs> and he kept narrowing it down until he got to two people. So these last two people had to just play on their own, the speeder, whilst everyone else played. And it was like, and it went up and then he stopped and he went, you're fine. What are you doing? This one guy gave him his beer, rubbed him on his head. And then he said, right, now we're playing together. And we carried on. And I was like, oh, this is, this is my school. This, they've got the right vibe. This is the vibe I'm looking yeah. for. And I'm like, it was, it was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And from there on, I've gone, I went every two years for four years. And then I had a child. So I haven't been back for a while. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah Jonas is amazing. He is. Oh, yeah. His energy is so... <laughs> It's so good. Well, there's a video of you out there um, with Joan. I think I think that you're I, in it. Jo- Jonas. Oh, um, I just sent that to you, Courtney. You did? Yeah, I, I saw it a couple years yeah, ago I after can. Brazil camp when Jonas had been to Brazil camp. Oh, yeah, you did. Um, yeah. And yeah, you guys are like directing London School of Samba while Jonas is, yeah. is leading the thing. And it's such a great video. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah. He is amazing. He's like a brother from another mother. He says, I remind him of his little brother. And I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> he's, just, he's, he's fun in the box. And he's yeah. serious about his samba. He really is. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Exactly. We interviewed him um, a couple of years ago and when he was at Brazil camp. Um, he is just a character and just phenomenal. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, Bruno says that he walks around with a star inside of him. And I think that's a really good way to describe him is he... Yeah, has this light, this star in him that, yeah, that just draws people in. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So, so true. It's just he's he's, he's bubbly. He's he's yeah. uh, it, it's like a Duracell bunny, but taller. He's really <laughs> super tall. Energy, so. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a good characteristic oh. in a in a mystery, being super tall. Yeah, true. Yeah, I'm on tippy toes most of the time, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, very cool. So, Brazil, how did that... Did you say you went there with Rob Akari? Yeah, that was... Uh, not with Rob Akari, ah, although I played with Rob Akari. With uh, Rob Mayer. He was... Uh, uh, he's a guy... I can't remember the name of his group. He's currently uh, playing and directing in New Zealand. But he's played... and uh, been a director in the London School of Samba. Uh, he's been a director in Paris, with School of Samba, another school in London. He was a director in Virgivai that Rob mentioned uh-huh. on his show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, uh, he's now a director in uh, New Zealand because that's his family moved there. So that's where he is at the moment. And uh, yeah, he's really, really just super bubbly and top player. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about London School of Samba. Um, 
how like the number sounds like you're big enough to need direct or you know like sub directors and and uh i mean by sub directors i just mean directors like you've got the the mystery up there directing then you've got the directors you know in the and are they do they act as section leaders is it i mean it's set up similar to a, a bateria in brazil yes we're not as big if that makes any sense sure i think we're quite we're quite transient. Uh, lots of people come through the London School of Samba and some people stick. So it just depends of how sticky we are mm. or people between people's lives. So sometimes people in London for a few months, sometimes people in London for a few years. Some people are always in London, but their life changes yeah. or some people are just up for it all the time. So <laughs> we have varying degrees of people. Uh, with the battery directors, um, they uh, we aim to make sure that they have a broad knowledge of of samba, whether they've learnt it through the samba school or whether they've gone to various places, and they have a way of communicating it. They kind of learn on the job, like I did, and they do their sections. So Kitty can direct the entire batteria, but she knows how to play the tambourine, and the kasha, and the hepiki, and all of the surges and in varying levels, she can quite happily jump to any one of those. Mm. And so we have five or six directors. One is the previous menstruator myself. Uh, and those directors will go around making sure that things are okay. Leading gigs. I don't necessarily lead all of the gigs. I might go and jump mm. on a third and play that for the gig. And someone else can lead it. And I'm just there to support. And that, that's how we roll. That's nice. You don't have to, like, also, you don't have to just be at every single gig. Otherwise, it doesn't happen. That's nice. You've got other people that can jump in. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good. It's just tricky. I mean, do you find that uh, your Samba numbers fluctuate wildly from, you know, year to year? Uh... Or do you have a quite stable thing? <laughs> well, <laughs> this is a funny question. So, uh... <laughs> I was just playing in a in a local group that had, you know, the same things that all groups, I think a lot of the same troubles that all groups have. And I recently have stopped playing with that group and started a new group. Um, oh, cool. But it started a new group in an extremely theoretical sense because it, you know, I think middle of March, two other friends of mine and I decided to start this new thing and, you know, then everything shut down. So (laughs) it's kind of a theoretical (laughs) thing right now. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it does seem like people, especially if you live in like a university town, I know in Arcata, there's a big, um, more more of a samba reggae scene, but um, there's a lot of students that come and go through. They've got a really popular percussion program and, um, you know, students are coming and going from that town. It's a tiny little town. And so it, the numbers fluctuate quite a lot there. Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine in London, I don't know. Is there something, you know, I've heard the, the city is quite expensive to live in. Maybe people from around surrounding areas. I don't know. Yeah. How that affects everything. Us, yeah. For us, it's generally, um, that it's time time is the mm. biggest right. uh, enemy i think that we have um, people do have money uh but obviously not everyone so we do make sure that if we if there's some people that are struggling at least they can come and talk to us we work something out um and you know we're not so unfriendly to say, nope you're not coming in if you don't have the money mm. which generally our lessons are quite cheap yeah? mm-hmm. i think it's uh for two lessons so for a dance lesson and then a drumming lesson it's, it's 10 pounds English pounds, I have no idea what it is in dollars or euros. Um, 
but yeah we try to make it accessible as much as we can um but it's time people have things to do people don't always aren't always available uh, and it's not only just coming to the sessions that we do which are quite short which is on a sunday evening it's taking that time out to potentially rehearse on your own listen to some music uh some samba uh, that we kind of put out there for people to get used to to look at we have an online thing for people to go and check out so they can see what we do specifically. It's having that extra time to kind of commit yourself to uh, the body of work that we're giving you, which is really enjoyable to do. But I can't, uh, we're just not getting as many people as we used to. It's not terrible, but it's not growing, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I that the time thing is hard because, you know, sometimes people like like in in your example, you know, you have a kid and you need to be there for that and su- support your partner and in and, and that kind of thing, but then also like people will tell me that they didn't have time to practice, but then, you know, they recount the whole Netflix series that they watched over the weekend. And so I get a little jaded sometimes. <laughs> it's like, well, okay, so you spent 25 hours this weekend watching Breaking Bad, but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, that's, that's the cynic in me though. No, no. Yeah, that's true. I mean, for me, I always found uh, the, tra- the trip to work was, all very important for me because if it used to take an hour that hour was was all about samba and tapping tapping on my toe in my favorite sambas sambas i needed to learn the stuff i hadn't heard yet just various things i'd just go right let's let's get into samba mode so i'd have two hours of samba now i live three minutes from work walking mm. i can barely get one tune in between now and when i hit my work <laughs> so, so. <laughs> so i have to sneak off to the shop or something to get my, my feet <laughs> it's, it's different now but yeah and there's always time to learn whether it's tapping on your toe whilst watching breaking bad you could be doing that and chipping on your toe with your fingers or physically just sitting in front of a computer or going into a quiet room and just bashing it out where possible but yeah, you're right. I do get jaded as well. Yeah. <laughs> but it's hard when you've got not that not as many people as you want. Then you're thinking, oh, I can't let standards slip. But uh, yeah, <sighs> sometimes it's. I mean, you know, I f- I feel like you got to make it, and maybe you've got some insight on this. Make it like a carrot that people will work toward. Like make some sort of reward. I feel like if I don't know how London School of Samba works, um, but if you just let anybody in to play whenever they want to, then you're going to get a lot of that. But if you have a little bit of a higher bar that they have to achieve to be able to, you know, a lot of people get a lot of personal satisfaction out of performing. So if like you can kind of make a, a level that they're trying to get to, maybe they'll work to get to it. I don't know. It's, it's hard if people don't have that internal motivation. I mean, there's, there's true believers like nerds, like, like us who <laughs> oh yeah who just listen to it all day long and just think about it in practice and you know in our free time and i don't know it's but i don't i think that's born think into somebody you, i don't think you you're addicted to it you don't kind of yeah. well plus like you have the issue of like is it a community group so you have right. so many different levels of right. interest um whereas like something like you're doing right now courtney is more specialized mm-hmm. i would say yeah, I think with the London School of Samba, we have uh, a model. And what we do is this. We put workshops on a Sunday. They turn up there. We have the drums, our teachers. We have 
dance uh, teachers as well, two different levels for them. With the drumming, it's only one level. So we try and incorporate everybody into a uniform level where we can get some groove out. And they turn up to that mm -hmm. every Sunday, no problem. If they wish to become a member and make it slightly cheaper for themselves and turn up to that, that's great. We have a few gigs, which are larger gigs, which is just percussion, uh, which would be um, like the London Marathon, for example. You can attend that, and we have a few other gigs like during the summer. So if you're a member, you're still working on your samba, and you want to come and play at something like that, by all means, that's great. We'll, in the run-up to that marathon, we'll try and get you as close as we can to that, and we'll have like 60 people or whatnot all playing at the same time, and you'll have some support. But we have uh, a level. We then have the what we call the gigging batteria, the battery that goes to gigs. And they rehearse mm -hmm. at another time mm -hmm. in another venue uh, with mm -hmm. their other drums there or they've bought their own drums. And that's when we've upped the level at that point. In order for them to get into that group, then they need to be able to do, be proficient enough on their drum and then slowly learn the repertoire and then be adaptable to not only improvise, not improvising, but changing some of the stuff that they previously learned into um, new patterns. So, for example, if you're a kasha player that plays Mossy Daji and swing, great. Suddenly we might try out the kasha pattern from Portela or Manguera uh, just to see how you're going and broaden your knowledge. You've got to be up for that. You can't be what I call a one trick. But uh, we're not expecting them to get it straight off the bat, but it's, it's always a challenge. And if you like that challenge, then come to the gigging batteria. Uh, but it's, it's still hard to get people to bite through that cow, bite through the initial phase and go on to the next part. Because either it scares them when they get there, or they're not up for it because they have time or whatever thing that's going to them. And uh, all the people that are already in the get group that like it just, again, run out of time in order to make it because it's on a, a week night, they're either stuck at work or they, they can't get there because the transport system's failed. And mm. yeah. <laughs> general woes i'd say for quite a few groups so our numbers which is can be frustrating do you find the numbers go up after a a, a big show like maybe at the marathon uh get... yeah i'd say there are various points our numbers go up which would be uh after we do the london new year's day parade uh, our numbers go up a bit after that uh there is the marathon uh, our show in Germany after Coburg mm. and, Not and Notting Hill Carnival. Those those are the, the key ones, I'd say, that we get a little bit of a boost for a little bit and then it will fade down again. Wait, so you did a show in Germany and your numbers in London went up? <laughs> How does that work? <laughs> <laughs> well, we usually film it oh. uh, and, and then our set and then we publish our set and then people see the set see. and then... Say, oh, uh, I love some of that. That looks good. Gotcha. So you got somebody working or, your social media also. that's doing a pretty good job. Ah, well, I was going to say, that's me as well. No, <laughs> I, I, I'm the Facebook guy. We have an Instagram woman and we have um, someone else on Twitter, I think. Um, so, yeah, we've, lot, we've broken down into lots of various different groups mm -hmm. uh, in order to run this behemoth sound <laughs> So yeah, we have a we have trustees because we're a charity. We have trustees that oversee that we're not mm -hmm. running the school into the ground, and then we have an operational management team that deals with obviously battery, 
dance, um, events, bookings, and other bits and bobs. So, uh, yeah, together we pull in, oh, communications, and together we pull in in order to make stuff happen. Mm -hmm. That's how it works, really. Hmm. Gotcha. And the the funds that come in, those go back into the group for travel, costumes, is that correct? Yeah. So basically, obviously, we've got some overheads. So we try and put as much of that money back into the school in order to make sure that the group can continue. So doing a gig for the school is making sure that the the school can continue to have great costumes or the drums are up to standard or new drums or new accessories or or just paying for the overheads like the cost of hiring the hall because the hall itself is not doesn't belong to us as a community hall. Mm-hmm. We pay for that space and we do that. We get teachers in, we pay for those teachers in order to be there, so they're giving us their time, and that's great. We do that too. So we don't run for a profit, we run to make sure that we can continue to deliver Keep going, uh, yeah. mm-hmm. promoting Brazilian art. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to ask you about your rehearsal space, if you, how that part worked. It's, yeah, it's a community centre uh, in the middle of London, which we chanced upon back in 1984 wow. um, and it, it's it's nice it has uh, a large room which for the dance at the back we leave that for them we have another room upstairs like a mezzanine which is slightly smaller than the room below it but that can house, house another dance group there and then there's a group which has a cupboard to store all of our drums and all of our accessories etc all our sound equipment mm. which lives there all the time uh, and that's where we have our battery rehearsals and that setup has been pretty similar for the last 35 years oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> that's so crazy to think about it this the groups here are much much younger than that yeah <laughs> do you... i mean i just stumbled upon it by chance so i'm quite glad yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys ever do you ever work with other groups there locally to bring mestries from brazil or, or work with you know, maybe other people in France and Germany to kind of help share costs of bringing people, teachers. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we, I mean, we've done uh, people to our group before. I mean, I swear we've worked before to help uh, bring people. Actually, Zoe Rand was just to support Mestre Jonas uh, when he was out there in Brazil. Just to, he had, I can't remember what it was that we had to support him. So we've worked with other groups to do that, but bringing mestres over, I think we've either done just by ourselves and then try to share out the knowledge with other groups. So in other words, the way we would get some sort of financial refund back would be to say, here's a workshop by this mystery. If you come back, come to this and pay mm-hmm. that, then this will help not only our costs from getting him over, but also help him because he'd get some of that, yeah. which, is, which is good. So I don't think in that way we've gone, let's all club together and get this person over. Although we had a plan in the works about getting some over for this year, which we're currently sat in right now, but it hasn't worked out yet. So I can't say who that makes any sense. Yeah. So we will be doing that in the future, hopefully <laughs> post all of this crazy uh, malarkey that's going on now. Yeah, that's kind of the thing, right? Like I was... I was kind of working with a group of people to bring somebody earlier, you know, in February we were talking about it, but then it was just everything got <laughs> got slammed mm-hmm. shut. Yeah. 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 It's 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 so hard and uh and I think for the person we were going to bring over, I think they'd even got the ticket. Oh. And then it was like, yeah. uh, no, but I'm hoping that they'd be refunded. 
and we'll just revisit oh, this cool. at another time when it's uh, a bit friendlier for all involved well, to yeah. try and do mm-hmm. that again. Well, you couldn't even get people together to do a workshop. I guess you could outside if right. the weather was right, but that's not the You're same. Everybody's yeah. spread out, and yeah, it it would take a while before we get some semblance of samba normality back. But you know, at the moment, I'm just looking to. Uh, gently tickle a drum with a few friends <laughs> however far off those, <laughs> 20 meters away it's like hi how you doing oh we went out for it <laughs> yeah Courtney and I were talking before you came on the line and we were talking about some groups that uh, where did you say that was Courtney that they had been performing uh, I don't remember <laughs> what we were talking about <laughs> I think we talked about um, Czech Republic. Oh, yeah, too. they had a, okay, in cool. Slovakia, didn't they? Didn't they do that? There's a samba festival that they had not last. Oh, wow, the weekend before last. Yeah. Recently, yeah. Clarissa. did was that? Clarissa Altman was teaching at it. She was oh. giving me the the updates on it. Oh wow! Oh, how did that work? I'm trying to fathom what the experience that was. It all socially distanced or uh, by this point where they're going nope just get in there and i guess i guess with masks yeah i guess with masks i mean their group is back to rehearsing they're meeting and and going to wine tastings and stuff all distance but they're you know they're like living normal lives (laughs) over there that she goes to work a couple times a week like i don't know Uh, i didn't realize that 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 you guys were still partially locked down i thought it was just us in brazil but. Yeah, no, I mean, well, let's. the degree of lockdown that we're currently in now is you can go to the shop, but you must wear a mask. You can get on a bus or a train, but you must wear a yeah. mask. Uh, mm-hmm. You can meet people in the park. That's fine as long as it's no more than 30 people. Hmm. I'm correct. Didn't they, have, didn't they have bars open at one point, though? Bars are open. They're trying to encourage people to sit outside as opposed to inside. Mm-hmm. So you go in, uh, the sections are lined off so you stand two meters away you then ask for your pint the person will go and get it put it on the bar you will go and pay via credit card or whatever then you'll get your pint and then they'll go and get another one generally in plastic so that means that they can dispose right. of it as oh, but that's uh-huh. really wasteful in that respect but ah well what yeah. can you do gotta have your pints so, yeah. mm. <laughs> uh, the english and their pints <laughs> Uh, let's see. I had a question. Now I don't remember what Where it. Oh, how how do you feel about about this? So I feel like a lot of groups in the United States were kind of getting to this to this point in big U.S. cities where they're starting to be multiple groups popping up. And this is if I'm I feel like from some of the conversations we've had with previous guests, this is kind of a big fear for people in the U.S. And you're in London, and there's a bunch of groups in London and blocos and. And Pariso is there, and, and London School of Samba is there. Can you tell us, maybe dispel or confirm a myth that people have in the United States that it's possible to get along if there's more than one group in a in a big city? Well, I have a story for you. Yes, <laughs> tell we us. <laughs> we love stories. Yeah. Well, you're going to be entertained. London School of Samba <laughs> is the first samba school in the UK. Wow. And mm-hmm. what? Exactly. Well, hey! <laughs> <laughs> <And> the, <laughs> the first um, 
what happened was we grew uh, quite big and it was really good. And after a few years, uh, some people were like, nah, not feeling it. I'm going to start my own SAM school. And off they went and they formed their own SAM school called Quilombo to Samba. And they, we were green and white after Mossy Daji. They were blue and white. Uh, there was another group before that, I think, called Academicos do Maduera in relation to Portela. And more recently, uh, another group came, uh, Paraiso, uh, School of Samba, mm-hmm. uh, red and white, attached to Estacio. And so since then, people have split off from either getting the idea from the London School of Samba or moving to another place and starting their own Samba thing. And we've always been quite proud of that because we can always kind of almost like semi-trace the relationship. Mm. And you can go like, oh, Bristol. Oh, we had Sam went up there and he did some stuff there. Oh, Brighton. Yeah, I'd say Sam did. We can kind of figure out who went where and how it all grew. So we don't mind about, about people going off and doing stuff. Sometimes there is friction. Um... I know uh, when Paris, who first left uh, and started their own school, and we were at London School of Samba, there was lots of, girl, you went and left us, girl, you do that bad with girl. Mm. At the moment, it's not, not that, that at all anymore. <laughs> um, mm. There is some friendly rivalry and competition, but it's not staring you in the face and, and you know, shouting at you. We're trying as best as we can to get together and have a play. Um, so, yeah, you can coexist quite easily, just about how you go about it. And I know that stuff like gigs uh, are limited, um, but if you if you deliver your thing well, focus on yourself, then what anyone else does is not irrelevant to it. Don't dismiss it completely, as in don't not look at what they're doing, but don't be down on them because it's a waste of energy, a massive waste of energy. Yeah. Just be as good as you can be, seek the help that you need to make yourselves better and go from there. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a little bit like a family tree, the way you're describing. Oh, we can see this guy branched off and <laughs> yeah. there, and then in the same like a family tree, people don't get along sometimes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Do you think that having so- multiple groups kind of makes people encourages people to um, get better, to to do better? Yes, definitely. Yeah, interesting. I mean, for, we are always looking around to other groups, even because Kobeg for us is, is is literally that thing where we go and get to see lots of people doing things that we do mm-hmm. uh, and getting to see them all in this condensed two-day, we, two weekends worth of um, of, of shows is, is magnificent. And you're like, oh, that was really good. Okay, now that could have been better, but, you know, really good up to them for going out there and we're not down on people doing stuff but we we it's for us figuring out where we are and we're like oh yeah we could have done better on that bit oh wow not doing that bad and it's it's and then going and having a beer with these guys and then maybe having a, a jam after that yeah. and that's the kind of thing is really good getting that relationship mm-hmm. between different groups helps immensely uh us going and having a jam with uh rhythms of the city which is in north london be great that marathons were great us going to an encontro with pies the skill of samba and bags exchanging and our each of our persistence playing to uh, both of our batteries playing and getting on with that yeah. us going uh to see other groups from other countries whether it's aquarelogy parry who came over our 25th birthday mm. party along with block of the beliza or our friends in sweden or for finland to papagaya and maravilla sweden oh, awesome it's good to see all these people. It's good to have a chat with Clarissa and Batterium. It's great to see Stereo Samba in Madrid. It's, it's, 
having those connections only makes you stronger. So yeah. anyone that thinks right. that more people coming in is a threat, dismiss that. Go back to it, think it again, start making those connections. Yeah. Yeah, I think we have that, you know, with our Brazil camp here in the States. Uh, it's so nice to connect with other groups and friends from across the country who have the same passion. Yeah, yeah, it's true. You get to nerd out. It's the best bit about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's a, yeah, that must it must be really fun at Coburg to see all these oh, yeah. folks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's people I've actually met at Coburg that I'm just like, oh, at least you're a bundle. I like that. You're going to hang out with you a bit more. Like, um, let's go with... Oh, I forgot his name. I just had his face in my mind just a minute ago. <laughs> uh, uh, it's gone. It's, it's the Mestre of Geneva. Geneva. And he's mm. just a character. And he's so nice. He's so lovely. He's like... Fred, come on, man! Get on there, happy girl, some black old friend. I'm like, oh. and I'm just like, I've got to get to a gig. Am I playing happy girl? <laughs> it's just having those random, weird interactions yeah. that make you see them as people, acknowledge their skill, uh, acknowledge their personality, their flavour. Nerd out to how did you do that? Hip-call? They go. You get to do that thing, uh, and it's it's not separated by colour or race or gender or sexuality or age. It's just how nerdy are you, how right. happy and nice and funny are you, and that will do me, yeah. and, I, and I love it. It's, just, yeah. it's magnificent. Yeah, I gotta make it to Coburg sometime. Please, yeah. <laughs> it's so much fun. It's really good. I looked into it last year, but just the plane ticket, I think, was like almost two thousand dollars. I was like, oh my god. Wow. <laughs> Good thing you didn't buy a plane ticket. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll make it someday. That'll that'll be that'll be yeah. amazing. Hmm. Yeah. Now Fred, do are any of your members part of Block OX? Uh I've been invited a few times. Uh the problem I tend to have is that I am uh a natural hang on, just think about this. I'm allowed to have, I'm allowed to be here and I'm definitely leave in the UK. But I'm not British and food Tanzanian. So going anywhere, mm. I have to apply for a visa and then get this and oh, that. I see. So it's been quite tricky for me to do this. So I see my Bokomet in Coburg, which is great. Um, and mm. But I've never been to Bokomet. There are plenty of people uh, that have come from the London School of Tepper that have gone to Bokomet and done things in Bokomet, which is great. I know a lot of the people just never made it, which is unfortunate for me, but one day I'll get there. Yes. Uh... Oh, um, <laughs> with this, so when you're, you were saying there's like this weekend where you can see everybody playing together at Coburg, but that's gotta be, does there, so I've, I'm asking this question because I've thought about, I've been wanting to do this in the United States, like have different groups come to one central location and then kind of yep. do their thing, you know, so we can all see each other and how each other performs, maybe have like a big parade or something like that, just to get inspired from each other, kind of like a Coburg thing. But the yeah. United States is so big, it's really expensive. You couldn't, a group from the East yeah. Coast couldn't bring all of their people unless they got some kind of grant to do it. So they wouldn't necessarily be representing themselves well. Yeah. So yeah. is that a problem at Coburg? Like, or is it just, I, my, you know, Europe is so condensed compared to the United States. We're really spread out. Maybe it's yeah. a cheaper flight, a shorter flight, all those things. You can make them. Yeah. 
I think it's probably easier to travel uh, in Europe than it is across the states. Although people think, well, oh, but it's just one country. No, it's, it's huge. huge. <laughs> um, so uh, with us, it's not. We fly in, but obviously the people in Coburg have been doing it since the fall of the Berlin Wall, uh, and wow. that's and and the government has provided them with some money in order to make it happen. Mm. And obviously the town kind of has a thing for doing, uh, obviously samba festivals cheese festivals apparently and concerts cheese so, yeah cheese <laughs> i know i just think you just put the two together samba and cheese in one i'm just like perfect <laughs> i'm happy <laughs> so they know how to turn the town into something else reasonably quickly and off you go um and with that they get support and the support is financial when Coburg people give the london school people money is to support the travel right uh, uh and just we make sure that we make that money work as well as it can in order for us to go so we will pay out pretty much all of us pay out the majority of our airfare to get there so it's not that bad and we talk about it quite well in advance because we know when it's going to be the same time every year second weekend mm-hmm. in july now with something new you have to figure out if someone would want to sponsor it and then hopefully provide something for that whether you could potentially move around the town or city that you're in in order to make sure that things happen. How much uh, money would people individually want to use in order to get there yeah. uh, by plane or by bus or by coach or by van or whatever it is to get there in order for it to make it happen. There's a lot of logistics to get through, but even if you do smaller things, find out who are, who's close together. I don't know if you've got a cluster of groups that are close together in the US, Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, the, on the west coast, yeah, we do. Yeah, maybe start with those guys and and uh, build from there. And then maybe the people in the east can come across like the New York peeps and whatnot, and they can maybe take a punt once in a while and come over. And when well, Coburg also offers housing, right? Don't they have like a school or something they rent? And... Yes, they uh, have an entire school that is available for people to sleep in from Friday through till Sunday night and then on Sunday night they boot us all out and <laughs> move us to a, to a gym you're on your and own have that. <laughs> see ya and you move to a gym and the gym has to open up at eight o'clock on Monday so they boot you out at seven o'clock on Monday with the worst kind of euro pop at six o'clock really loud <laughs> and so I, I've done it once I'm like no I'm not doing this again this is awful <laughs> it's like, it's, you're like, you come in at four from, you know, crazy sandwich yeah. shenanigans and you, you get sleep and it's six to nine, you go, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, no. That's amazing. That's <laughs> amazing. Yeah, but yeah, again, if you could get uh, something like a school with multiple rooms uh, and allow people to spread out, so uh, then the school gets three rooms for everybody that's with us is sleeping and we all take x right rooms and be a boys room girls room don't care which and you're in room and you all just sleep where you can and, and get on with it during the day yeah i was imagining this when clarissa was talking about it that that i don't think we would sleep i mean <laughs> yeah. i can't imagine like getting all of the groups together there was one point where a bunch of groups on the west coast got together in seattle and this um gentleman had offered he has essentially a mansion and he offered it it had like six different bathrooms and all these different bedrooms and it was just it it hardly stopped i mean it was crazy (laughs) 
Yeah, I can't imagine <laughs> all of us from all over the United States Ooh. being in one one school. Like each room would just yeah, there'd have to be like the sleeping room and the snoring room and the party rooms and yeah. I don't know. That would just be insane. Yeah, that is hard. I mean, it's snoring's a thing. <laughs> it's, yeah, it it's is. It's really hard to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, if you're up until five and then you're, you're back out there at nine. It's not so bad. You'll be so tired for those first four hours, and then the rest of it's coffee, lead, and off you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fred, I wanted to ask you this. We kind of ask every group leader about this, but how do you deal with conflict within your group? Uh, well, our first port of call is the easiest. Uh, we uh, listen to the if it's a complaint, listen to the complaint from one side, and then we go and talk to the person that's being complained about as well. Uh, and then we potentially get the two to sit with a mediator and try and resolve this. Wow. Um, that's, hmm. that's, the, that's the easiest Pretty way. adult. <laughs> <laughs> it, it sounds like it should be easy, <laughs> but it doesn't always work that's out. so mature. Yeah. If that does happen where we've had an altercation or something like that, it will be investigated uh, generally by... Uh, somebody from potentially the operational management team that's the people on the ground and a trustee to oversee it who would have nothing to do with the situation potentially an independent person and we'll see what happens with uh the outcomes by taking statements from various parties and wow. then uh, and if we get to a ruling the ruling could be anything from a suspension and expulsion or uh, simply uh, a restriction on on the person's movement but we don't really get to that point often I was just going to ask if that happens at all. Uh, it does happen, uh, but it you can count the years between them quite quite clearly on oh. on lots of fingers. Um, but yeah, it's a shame if it ever gets to that. It's it's, it's one of those uh, almost feels like a failure that we haven't quite managed to hold it together or spotted it earlier. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, there's not much you can do. It's 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 people, lots of people in a group there's going to be some sort of drama. Just like, where's it going to come right. from? Is it coming from over there? Or is it coming from over here? And yeah, it sometimes comes from the most unexpected corner. So what can you do? Right. Is it going to be a personality clash or is it about the music? Where is it coming from? Um, um, sometimes it's personality. Um, music, uh, the disagreements like that tend to end up in compromises. Um, I don't think we, we, we openly shout out don't play the blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. <laughs> we're, not, we're not that kind of people. We will gently nudge them in the right in the right scenario. We will try and get them to perfect what their 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 technique uh, in order to do things uh, correctly in the way of sounds, in the way of attack, uh, and just give them that jinga, that swing that you need. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it will take longer for people that are more stubborn. And it will take less time for people that kind of adapt a lot of things. And it's fine for either way. We just go through that. So we don't really have shouting matches about that. We don't have shouting matches about mm-hmm. musical choice. Generally, that the battery directors and potentially sometimes uh, dance has a, a request. Uh, and we try and uh, solve that as a samba school. You mostly play samba, but occasionally you hear nuggets of something else. You might hear a flash of samba reggae and we're back to the samba or a flash of, I don't know, I can't think of anything else right now, but of something else, and then come back to the samba. But we stick with the samba, and we just kind of move between various forms of uh, battle card. 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's we don't get that. Personalities, yeah, it's going to happen. We have split three times into three different Samba schools. So yes, people will disagree <laughs> on things. <laughs> oh, that's not how you do it. I'm from my own Samba school. Bye. <laughs> I mean, that happens. That's, it happened at 85, it happened again in 89 or 90, and then again in uh, 2002. So yeah, and that's going to happen. But, you know, all of these people we still, we who we do see from back then and now, uh, we still are in contact and we're on good terms. Yeah. It's fine to disagree. Sometimes people leave. It's just their way of growing. Right. It's fine. Right. And do you have people migrating from other groups to, to yours? Do they go back and forth? Yes. Some people come to us. Uh, some people leave us to go elsewhere. Um, that's totally fine. Um, it's a shame sometimes because, ah, oh, he's gone. Oh, he's playing over there. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> but then you're going to go, no, you can't have it all. You know, you're not their world. Right. So... That's fine. And for me, I like it when people play more than one group. Myself, I played in six groups when I started doing Samba. So I was with the Embarking Batteria, and then I was asked to help form uh, the London Rhythms of Resistance. Uh, I then uh, joined uh, London School of Samba. Uh, after that, in London School of Samba, I was asked to be part of a group called Be Loco which comes to us, uh, Samba and Funk. And then Johansson swoops in and says, go to Virgie Bye. So I was in Virgie Bye. But <laughs> before that, there was uh, Barak Schmuel. He said, could you come and be in Windows City? And I was like, okay. So now I'm in six bands. And I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but how's this going to work? Uh, so I was uh, I did two bands on a Sunday, which was Rhythms, the City London oh, School. Monday was um, uh, Virgie Vibe, Tuesday was Be Loco, Wednesday was uh, Rhythms of Resistance, Thursday was Barking. And you were still married? Uh, oh, no, no. I got I got my then I got my girlfriend later, so I had to scale back. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's like, I finally started kicking and it's like, ah, I'll keep doing this. <laughs> okay. I was like, I, I've got something I need to see. So, yeah, I, I dropped out of a few things in order to, to spend more time with the lovely lady is in my life which is Fiona P who now is into, really into Samba which is great <laughs> she's one of the battery directors awesome. oh nice oh great <laughs> awesome yeah I don't think people can expect each other to just play and you can't just expect somebody from just to play in your group and not want to grow we had a, a someone right. we interviewed and they were like no one has betrayed us yet and started a new group in our city and I was like you can't really look at it that way because like some people just want to run their own group it's not about you it's about themselves yeah. and or they yeah. just want to play in something else or I've had people say to me oh it'd be really our group would be so good if you would join it and I'm like I, that's not my responsibility <laughs> you know it's like I, I don't know it's like that that you can't necessarily have that attitude you just have to make your thing good and people will come yeah. Or just make I it mean, what it is. Make it the community it is. But... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. So flashy will get you everywhere with me. But I mean, <laughs> uh, it's, it, again, you're right. It's not your responsibility to make that group good. The group is good anyway. And you're saying you'll make it better. Yeah, but anyone can make it better. You can make yeah, it better. Yeah. But it's, I shouldn't have to come in in order for that betterness to happen. It's fine. I mean, by all means, go out and learn as much as you can from wherever you exactly. can. Exactly. That's the way forward. Yeah. Exactly. Right. How do you guys get gigs? Do you have one person that deals with getting gigs? It sounds like you guys have like major organization over there. Yeah, we have an events team and we have a bookings team. So bookings takes 
people's requests about can you come and play at our wedding can you come play at my son's birthday party mm-hmm. can you come and play this festival etc etc mm-hmm. events is there about making something of our own we have a queen of the bateria competition that we, oh cool we are going to go to mm-hmm. do this that and the other so hence we there's the events people try and make things happen for the school and the bookings people take the requests from other people who want to book the school and try and see if it's possible through availability, cost, transport, all of that, and work between the battery, the dance, and the costume. And these are all volunteers from, mm. like, the dancers and the... Yeah, and the... yeah, volunteers from dancers and drummers. I must yeah. admit there's more dancers than drummers who do it, but the drummers are getting there. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, it's, just, it's great. The dancers, you know, phenomenal. They, they pretty much... Uh, uh, run a lot of what happens in the summer school uh, with the drummers. Uh, it's uh, what we do is um, we quite work quite a lot internally, which is really good um, with what we do. And we started to get there. We've got a trustee who's from the battery. We've got a um, various people in our battery directors that help out doing other things to make sure that carnival and the school runs, which is which is really nice. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I answered that question greatly. No, you did. You <laughs> did. Oh, that's fine. That's cool. <laughs> I was like, waffle. Uh, After 30 years, it seems like you guys have a lot of these things down to yeah. a science. It's good. It's not perfect. It's, it may seem it, but we've always got things to improve upon. And it's a lot of work. So it, yeah. we need that rotation and help because you know burnout mm-hmm. can come and get us at any at any stage so yeah we've got a, a way of doing things and it's good but we we i think always room for improvement always a way to make it better to make it more fun mm-hmm. to make it safer yeah i'm, I'm, I'm happy you think we're, we're doing well <laughs> the way you deal with conflict is so like well thought out right. i mean impressive yeah, yes it's like an hr department <laughs> Pretty much. So, yeah, I mean, it's taken a while to get a lot of these things running. And and I think we also probably obviously need to review our processes as time goes on Mm -hmm. because things change. And I think that's something we're we're going through now. I mean, uh, we're not quite, you know, number one star, but I think we're trying to get ourselves to be a bit better than we were before, even though before it wasn't terrible, it wasn't bad at all, but still, we want to be making sure that we have uh, everything in place for if an eventuality happens where we have to deal with with conflict. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely. Now, I think you touched upon this before, but do your members pay um, like monthly fees or just for the classes or how does that work? Well, we say to them, show me the money. No, I'm checking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, basically, you can become a member and you can pay by direct debit and then that comes out and you can go to any of the Sunday open workshops. That's all included and you can do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're in the gigging battery the fee for the gigging battery is separate. You have to pay for that on the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, with, um, I can't think of the words now, with the, if you're just a, a punter who's, oh, look, London School of Samba, I'm going to try that. And you'd walk in, uh, you'd walk in, you'd pay your money just there and then and attend the workshop. 
and that's it. And that's a bit more expensive. Uh, if you're a member, mm-hmm. but you're not paying by direct debit, it's somewhere in between the two. Gotcha. So it's cheaper than someone who's walking down the street, a bit more expensive than someone who's doing direct debit. Hmm. Okay. Do you? Oh, I just tried to say something. It didn't come out of my mouth. <laughs> um, is it, how is how are decisions made as far as like direction of the school or whether you're going to participate in something? Do you do you guys vote or is there someone that that you know is there a leadership team that decides these things? How does that work? Okay, so this is tricky. It's um, basically someone would propose uh, doing an, an event, a new event, and this would then have to be considered as in the logistics of it uh the financial cost of it uh and the benefits for the school whether it be uh through finance or whether it be through general enjoyment and then we have to weigh it all up give it kind of some sort of budget even if it's a negative budget and then try and see if if there is support behind it from the people that organize it and then after that do a call out if we're going for it from the people that would be there, people that play with it. So it, it seems like a, quite a long process to do something. But rather than say, oh, there's a festival happening in four weeks and then finding out much later down the line when you've done some work behind it, that only five people can make it because the date is too weird for right. a lot of So we, we go through a few processes in order mm-hmm. to make it happen. Things that we do all the time, we just generally assume that we're going to be back doing them again and again and again. But for the new things, we have to flesh it out a little bit. So sometimes it takes us a little while to do that. In fact, I've fleshed out a new one for something in the UK, but I'm still going through the process to try and convince people that it's it's a good thing, even though we're in the middle of COVID. It's not until next year. So it's going to take a little while to kind of encourage people to get on board if they want to get on board. Yeah. How do you, do you make decisions as far as like, oh, we're going to get new t-shirts and, you know, is everybody voting on that or is it just one person kind of like going for it? Uh, I don't think we have to kind of vote on new t-shirts and stuff. Although that's a great example because we sometimes take a long time to do anything. So we are very democratic, which sometimes can slow us down to a mm-hmm. small crawl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone vote again. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but sometimes we're like, right, we really need to. Uh, who's going to sign them? And then we'll just we'll, we'll punch about ideas in a smaller group, and then put that proposal. And say we need these. And generally, it's a yeah, all right, then how much? This much. Okay, cool. Right, let's get them, and we're done. Uh, so I think if you can caucus a few people together with an idea, uh, generally you can push forward a lot faster. Yeah. If it's one person proposing, yeah. it takes hmm. a lot longer. Cool. Fred, I believe I saw on your website that you guys have a kids' bateria or kids' classes as well. We have kids' classes. We one day hope and dream that we're going to get a kid, but we haven't got there yet. So at the moment, we've got this thing called Little Sam Bisters. Mm-hmm. And what we do is we get um, children, young children from the ages of three so we go three? from three till about yeah <laughs> three till about seven so we're not good we're not looking for uh slightly older kids we did try and get the seven eight nine ten eleven twelve kind of scenario but interest was low we got some but it was still reasonably low hmm. so we've gone right we'll focus on the teeny tiny ones and we'll get them to do some percussion uh, and what we do is we, sometimes it's samba-ish. When I say samba-ish, it's like <laughs> samba but broken down to its parts. Uh-huh. Uh, and sometimes it's more samba-hege. 
but either way, it's about getting them to be involved, understanding things like volume, stopping, uh, <laughs> movement, and it, it works. And I think what I do when I'm teaching it is not to use language because mm. it's a barrier. So if I can get them to kind of understand me without saying anything, and I, I do that with my daughter sometimes, I'll go, uh-uh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it kind of she knows what I'm going on about <laughs> and then get them play louder play faster uh, imitate them when they're playing silly and do things like that and somehow by the end of it we've got this piece of music in 30 minutes from having almost chaos 30 minutes earlier and and that's the thing is to get them enthused <laughs> about percussion about playing about getting that kind of jingo and swing and how much fun it is mm-hmm. and the parents play as well you go like this it's small amount for the children, uh, slightly lesser amount for substance for subsequent other children. And then the parents, because you're with them and bringing them here, it's free for you. Pick up a drum, play with your kid. It's great. Oh, and so we don't charge the parents anything. Mm-hmm. It's just That's the kids cute. And the subsequent siblings. Get it, get it going. I think it's just to bring a family together that potentially can't go to Samba because of, you know, varying things. Mm-hmm. A lot of our old school sure. who became parents come back with their family. Mm-hmm. And your daughter plays as well? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she does play. Uh, she, she gets into it quite a bit. Uh, I think she's a dancer. She likes to dance more than she likes to drum. But I don't think she's going to be a, a sister. She, I think she likes spinning. So, what a bandera. Potentially the way forward. Um but yeah, you play some hip calls to her. She was fun. No problem. <laughs> it's great. Great. My my wife was playing in Blocko X uh, mm-hmm. and and uh, London School of Samba um, at Coburg whilst she was pregnant with Lily. Oh. Nice. Uh, uh, playing the I think it was the Chicalio, and then when uh, the following year we went to Coburg with a very young Lily, <laughs> like seven month old Lily, and. Uh, she would fall asleep behind the stage when she liked the samba. Mm-hmm. So and she's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, she, and, she, and she'd go out cold. Yeah, she, she was agitated by the samba in any way, she'd stay awake. And so sometimes you're like, hey, come on, come on. And the school's playing, fall asleep. It's like, no, no, he's no. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So yeah, yeah, she, she's had it in her blood since, since uh, round zero. And before, so, yeah. That's great. Do you have any uh, stories for us about, I mean, you guys, you've been doing this a long time. Do you have stories for us about um, a weird gig, a strange gig that turned out oh. weird? Do you have something? Oh, there's, there is so many. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will uh, I will start with back in my, back in the day, I played with the Blocko from uh, East London, which is Barking Batteria. And we were uh, essentially a protest group. So we'd go out on marches and stuff and that would be our big gigs but we'd play at the university and play at the universities and, and be out on the street and we hooked up with a group uh, the international union of sex workers and uh, it's like you know sex workers deserve rights we're like yeah you're right sex workers do deserve rights it doesn't make sure it makes each other safe and they're happy and they do the thing it's like cool and they said right we've got a sex workers ball would you like to come and play at this gig we'll pay x amount of money uh I know you guys like dressing up, and we all would always, every now and then, dress up uh, 
boys be girls, girls mm-hmm. be boys. So get drag, enjoy yourself, kind of. It was pretty much like any other gig. It was great in the sense that you get there to present people coming in. So we're all dressed. I'm dressed in leather chaps and a cowboy hat and whatnot. And just having a play and it's great. And then they're like, right, you're done. Go and enjoy the ball. Right, cool. Some of the shows I saw were unusual, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, I won't go into detail, but one involved a milk bottle, uh, no, a lady, a milk bottle, and about the first three rows of a stage being sprayed with milk. And that's all I'm saying. It's just very eye-opening, <laughs> that kind of a gig. And I'm like, this is cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> eye opening i like that uh, yeah yeah uh that was that was an unusual one for gigs themselves i think one was a birthday party for the london school of samba uh where the wife was brazilian but she was younger than the husband but she wanted us all to wear these masks of the husband so now we look like being in john malkovich but 20 of us <laughs> and and we obviously we, we did some of the breaks of Mossy Dirty Independent and Patrick McGill. So he would walk in, they'd all shout surprise, we'd start playing this break for Mossy Dirty Independent and Patrick McGill, and then we'd lift up our our uh, masks with his face in it and shout Mossidaji, which means youth in Portuguese. And this guy just looking shocked. And I'm like, this guy's like 65, 70. I don't want to kill the man on his birthday. <laughs> oh, looking like looking like him and shouting Mossidaji. But he was very happy, but we just found that to be a very, very weird setup. Did you guys participate in the uh, London Olympics? Did you perform? Yes. Uh, basically, the, the London Olympics, they approached us, or a production company that's working for the Olympics approached us and Paraiso and said, we need uh, you guys to kind of spearhead the uh, closing ceremony, which is the handover mm. for, to Rio. Yeah. Uh, so for we want you guys to spare the drum, cool. the drumming part of that, and we're going to bring over some people uh, from Brazil as well to help do this. Uh, are you up for it? Cool. And we said, yeah, cool. And you know, I think a lot of resources came from Paraíso, um, but we also mm-hmm. gave some of our resources, and I was in there helping to manage what's happening with with all the drummers and the drums. Uh, what do you think? The Mestre of Portela, uh, Mestre Nilo came over with a group mm-hmm. of his uh, bateria, along with, awesome. uh, I can't remember his name, he is one of the oldest school mysteries of uh, Portela. I can't remember his name, why can't I remember his name? It's gone blank, he's an absolute legend, but yeah, I can't remember. Uh, he came uh, <laughs> as well, uh, and then we got to work on that. It was, an un- it was a funny gig in the sense that because we're playing along to a recorded track. So we are actually playing, but they don't want so much of the sound of what we're playing on to interrupt with the track cosplay, but not play it loud. So they've filled the sudos with massive, tall, Mm. tubular poles of foam. Oh, weird. uh, So in order to mute it. So they opened it up, put the foam in, so it's touching both skins Mm -hmm. and closed it up again. So you hit it and it's cool. And you wouldn't get much of a sound. Oh, weird. And then they put kind of uh, almost like mouse mats, but rounder for the caches. So you'd, you'd hit it on time so it sounds the same as whatever's on the track. But you'd again get that 
muted kind yeah. of scenario on top. And you're like, oh, that's mm. weird. Uh, and, and because there was a track, the guys from Portello were like, why'd you bring us here? There's a track. Yeah, no kidding. And yeah, so, uh, but they enjoyed themselves in London. Uh, they got to go around and play a few bits and bobs. They came and played with us at one of our gigs in Sunset House. And yeah, that's how I first got to meet my second founder brother from another mother, which is Mr. Nilo. And yeah. He's an absolute legend. Really nice guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, yes. Right. Awesome. How long did that take? How much prep went into that? Uh, we had to go, well, first of all, it was sitting together and talking about what we needed to do. Then the production company went and organized venues for stuff like auditions. We had to go and audition mm-hmm. a whole bundle of people mm-hmm. coming in from all over the country. Uh, mm-hmm. Once we got our people were then going to rehearsals for six weeks. Why did you have to rehearse if you weren't no, really playing? I don't weeks. understand. This is like so weird. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It seems like it would have been easier just to let you guys play rather than time everything and do all that stuff to the drums. Agreed. But it's, I think for us, we want, you know, the raw sound. I don't want no muted third and <laughs> muted cashier and stuff. I would rather just have the thing itself. But they uh, because it's of that scale right. they were like no you have to lip we sync. give you some live <laughs> yeah essentially we want you to play and everything to hit exactly when it should hit and and, we're like, yeah. and it was choreography so yeah. they went through with this choreography of stepping to the side and doing x y and z yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and the weirdest <laughs> thing about all of that was it all got derailed by one person no. so we were told leave this kind of tunnel because we were in a tunnel waiting near the edge mm-hmm. of the stadium leave this tunnel when you hear this sound and you leave then and by the time you walk we've timed it you should hit the bottom of the ramp just on time and then it took one other person on a microphone and a walk went one of those headset thingies and he just went no you can't go and they're like we don't leave now we're going to be late for the whole day no you can't go but we've got and we argued him for about uh... 20 seconds and then he went, oh, no, sorry, yeah, go, go. Oh, God. And <laughs> so in the video, you'll see all these gold people kind of running in at the last minute to get to the mark <laughs> behind time. I'm like, oh, why? And that's six why they months, didn't let you play weeks. live right there. They got to control all the variables. Control right. everything. They know. It was them. It was they. They matched it out. Oh, they, look. yeah. Wow. That's funny. Oh, it was fun, though. It was fun. Yeah, cool. Is, did did they bring the uh, the gentleman who who danced and was the um, the sidewalk sweeper? Was he in that? Yes, he does. He was. Oh, uh, he was. Him, yep, brought, <laughs> that was great. They brought him over from Brazil. Uh, they brought um, Pele over from Brazil, and oh, they cool. brought Cel uh, Jorge over from Brazil as well. Nice, cool. I think there's one other, but I can't remember who. Hmm. But yeah, it was good. Nice to meet Cel Jorge. I didn't get to see Pele at all, but um, yeah. Great experience. That's cool you yeah. got to make all those connections with um, Nilo and everybody. Yeah, that, 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 that bunch of people are magnificent, the Portela lot. Um, and since then, we've maintained that. We met again in Coburg a couple of years, that 2017, and, and reconnected. And you know, hopefully we're going to continue that if I ever make it back to Brazil. Uh, Post child, then you know that would be one of the places I'm going to just to say hello and yeah. you know, mm-hmm. reconnect a bit more with him. 
such such a such a nice guy. He's such a patient guy too. In fact, I I had a bit of a problem in in Coburg when he was there. He came and played in the battery. Uh, Mr. Shuvisko from Mustachio came and played in the battery. They were both there. Uh, and then at the end, the king and queen of Carnival, uh, mm-hmm. or oh, the king of Carnival and the queen and the princess of Carnival were there. They ran up on stage and it was going to our last song. Uh, our last samba from Vai Vai and they were dancing about the stage and we said yeah come and dance they dancing along and at the end he was like sing with me can I speak on the microphone I thought oh yeah it's supposed to say a few things to them that would be cool so he gets the microphone he goes right here's a song from Chin Mai and I'm like oh no I don't know what he's going <laughs> to sing what am I going to direct I'm like oh, what's going on and so I'm like uh oh and so Mark and Sir is going, Diana Kavaka is going, what? Thankfully, we've got Lily Nassamento uh, from Mossi d'Agilegre, who's now in Paris doing her thing. It's amazing. Oh, she was there. Cool. So she jumped, I've got this. He grabs her the Kavaka um, and starts to ring, 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 get She's in. I'm like, thank God for that. I'm like, Nilo, front, front and centre. <laughs> you need to I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going down. You come in there. You've done this. I've seen you do this. And everything. I'm like, oh, so he just jumps in front. Yes, you just got to jump in front. And within 20 seconds, we're into another song. And I'm just in the back going, okay, just sub direct. Do you know? right, <laughs> oh, right, this right. is great. That's amazing. And, and so we just had out of nowhere, the king of carnival starts singing. Uh, two main directors from the group of SVR directing. And I'm just like, I don't know what's going on, but it's sounding cool. <laughs> <laughs> it was really nice. Really good, kind of random, weird moment that I enjoyed immensely. Uh, it's hilarious but, that, that that he just assumed you guys would just jump right, like he would. You yeah. guys would know. I know this one. Come on, let's go. Ah! <laughs> right, I could do this in Brazil all day. Like, yeah. <laughs> Later, uh, we found out from that the king of carnival. He says, "Like, uh, I saw you guys from a distance." I said, "That sounds like Brazil." And it's got the colours of my school. And we're like, what is this school? And it's like, Mossy Daji Independente Gigi Padre. And he goes, ah. So he's also from Mossy Daji. And he just saw mm. us and went, yeah, that, that's where I want to be right now. I'm going to carefully, <laughs> sneakily come on stage and have a bit of, of, a, of a dance. The singing thing <laughs> through this part, it was definitely well worth hearing and seeing. It's on YouTube somewhere, by all means. Have a look. Oh. We'll find it. We'll have find to, it. We'll have to, yeah. We'll find your eyes go wide. <laughs> like, oh, there's lots of shrugging at the What's time. Happening? <laughs> <laughs> now, Fred, you mentioned before that you had been musical director and stopped for a while while um, when your daughter was born. Um, you're back at it. Yeah. What inspires you to keep going and and directing and doing this kind of music? Um, For me, uh, there's something special and magical about samba. Um, uh, Something that I didn't really expect. Uh, And it's at the beginning. That's why I was in six groups out every day of the week. And (laughs) and when I've scaled it back, it was worth it every every second of it to make sure that I've got a lovely five-year-old daughter now. Um, but there's there's something. It doesn't matter what happens. Uh, I've just got this urge to listen to more samba, and it's mm-hmm. I listen to generally the stuff that comes from Rio and Sao Paulo. But I'm also listening to stuff that comes from anywhere else in the world. And I started Samba Fusion, so I sometimes listen to uh, other groups as well and seeing what they've come up with and what they do. Like the in, in Brighton, there's like people like Carnival Collective and that 
Scotland, Samba Yabamba. Uh, or if you can go mm -hmm. to places like Singapore, where you've got uh, Samba Masala yeah. or Wikidora. Yeah. And there's loads of different things that happen, you know. I mean, I've never really been a massive Maracatu head, but I, I, I appreciate the Maracatu and whilst you're there, that you're pounding that comes out <laughs> all those drums and the intricacy of it and its spirituality mm -hmm. of it, I appreciate. So it's not that I write any of those things off, or Samba Hege as well, and that for that matter, or Frevo, or Coco. There's, there's so much out there that just yeah. diving in and sampling that it's 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 amazing so i'm coming and having some small role in trying to get people invested in it it's brilliant in lockdown for example i was stuck indoors i was like what do we do now oh look salguero is <laughs> going live they're in there doing masters doing for samples yeah we'll put it on for four hours yeah that's what totally doing. <laughs> i can't get enough of it so yeah i'm a battery director uh, for a bit, but I was just generally dipping my toe in. I can't stop. <laughs> One day I'll have to, but at the moment, the only addiction I encourage other people to get addicted to. <laughs> <laughs> and it's great that your whole family is involved. Yeah. Uh, it's basically meeting my wife. Uh, it was, she studied there at the university. I studied it earlier, but I was working there uh, in the students' union. So we're student bars, mm. student offices, newspapers. And uh, her lecturers were the anthropologists I talked about who formed the oh, Samba group. Oh, and mm -hmm. they, one of the units was called Carnival. And so you could either dance or you could drum in this unit for her anthropology degree. And she chose to drum. And so she had to come to rehearsals that I was leading <laughs> in order to be part of the group. I did a procession to the university. And that's how we kind of met. So... We had similar friends, but we never really met. Uh, and from there, we got talking uh, about football and whatnot and so on and so forth. But the Samba was recently coming back together at the Block of Box. And then one fateful uh, afternoon after a gig, you know, we uh, shared a little smoochie and we was like, oh, <laughs> this is quite nice. <laughs> 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 That's the best way to put it, Shady Little Smoochie. So <laughs> but yeah. Little <laughs> <laughs> so, and yeah, the rest is I think the rest is history. She came to the London School of Samba. I was already at the London School of Samba by doing some barking stuff. And then I left mm -hmm. barking and then she stayed in barking for a bit longer, but then came to London School a year later. And I wouldn't let her in the batteria for carnival, because I said it was too short a time period, and she's like but I play the third one back. I'm like, no, it's different. You can't come in. And so I, I didn't put my own then girlfriend wow. in the battery. And she said, fine. <laughs> and, she went, and she went, Duff. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And then she came back the year after on mm -hmm. uh, Segunda 30 and, and pounded the life out of it. Absolutely <laughs> nailed it. And yeah. And nice. she's been amazing ever since. And I said, right. Okay. Actually, a director, she said, no, I'm not doing it. <laughs> and then a few years later, she said, yeah, okay, then. But she's, you know, through this process, learnt Portuguese. Um, I must admit, my Portuguese is not very good. Uh, her Portuguese is better, a lot better than mine. And she's the one that helps keep a lot of connections with the London School and myself mm -hmm. and the people. Mm -hmm. And she's the one making sure that all of these things happen. It's, it's something special. She's got a thing about people. Oh, actually, the anthropology mm -hmm. degree. So, yeah, makes sense. Well, yeah. makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> What's her name? What's this mystery woman's name? Uh, uh, Fiona. Fee. Fee. Oh, nice. Beautiful. 
Uh, Fred, is there anything we didn't ask you that you would like to share? Ooh. Uh, mm, I, <laughs> uh, I think my most fun gig, mm-hmm. the, the, the gig I found strange enough to be the most fun, in 2018 and it was because we the year before we'd had Nilo and uh, Chivisco and the tiny and princess of carnival that were like oh no how are we going to top that mm. after all the very shenanigans and we're back here again so we just had a lot of things to think about it was like how, what are we going to do so the dance team went off and we told them what songs we were going to do. Uh, and then the dance uh, group, they had, they went off and made a few new choreographies. We then went and we made a few new choreographies. And there was a lot of winging on the day, I should say. <laughs> well, I think we were out to surprise each other. So we had a dance-off between uh, various oh, females uh, dancing up against our male uh, persisters in, in trying to like blow them away, which is really good. When uh, the Hey, the Folio of the Year, our, our Hey of the Year, he was out dancing at the beginning, then he goes back, comes back out later as one of the women dancing against one of the... <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, one of the master of the male persisters, and that was like a surprise <laughs> in itself. Uh, yeah. One of the directors recently that year had figured out that the Superman theme tune is a good thing you could place as a break within a samba. <laughs> so we ended up doing that. <laughs> I, did a, I did a reveal to show like a Superman shirt underneath my Mestre's kind of jacket and stuff. And that was funny. Um, and yeah, just loads of things where we're trying to make each other laugh and be silly and kind of engage with the crowd. And we, instead of like finishing the way we do and taking a bow, I was like, no, nah, let's just go. And we just walked off the stage. We're still playing. <laughs> and it's just funny, you know. I think somehow we outdid ourselves that year. And I think we've never had the need to do it again. We only had one shot at it last year and this year doesn't happen. So I think we need to get back to that mindset of of good quality music, good quality performance, have an absolute ball, have a laugh. Yeah. Right. That's what it's about for sure. Can't wait. Cool. Me too. <laughs> happen again. So... Can you imagine having a gig? <laughs> <laughs> remember remember uh, those? <laughs> yeah. I can say my daughter about 20 when I was young, we had a gig. <laughs> it was, it was right. oh, so much fun. Everyone's right next to each other, really sweaty. Amazing, amazing. <laughs> yeah. I actually saw somebody at the grocery store the other day from our Madaka 2 group and I was like, oh my God, I got so excited because I haven't seen anybody <laughs> for ages. <laughs> Yeah. So, yes, looking forward to the day that we can all play again. Yeah, defo, most definitely. Yeah, well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing what? your story with us. Yeah, it's been fun. The honor has been all mine. I was so nervous. I was like, oh, my word, what do I do? I started writing notes, and I was like, <laughs> no, too much. No. <laughs> and I, oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's so much easier once I start talking, uh, but before it, I things get in my head and mm. yeah so I'm always a bit nervous about it and yeah just well, thank you so much for having me thanks for sharing that yeah I, I get yeah. nervous before things too sometimes mm-hmm. and, and I try to pretend like I don't but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I appreciate you sharing that we have we've had friends on here that uh yeah are generally 
talkers, but then they get on here and they get a little scared. But once we get talking, yeah, just like you. Yeah. It's much easier. Thank you so much. You made it so much easier than I thought. I thought you'd be like, so when you do this, oh, I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to make you uh, prove your skills and play something for us. <laughs> well, at the moment, all I've Ready? got in here is a 145, <laughs> 145 beats per minute. Here we go. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much. No worries. Anytime. I hope someday we get to meet and play together. And and yes, please. You're always welcome at the London School of Samba if you're ever in awesome. town. And uh, yeah, I'd love to come up and see one of your groups uh, if I ever make it across the the big waters over there. Yeah. That'd be great. Come to our Brazil. I think camp. one of our I think one of our friends came over, George. George. Bulgarian, but lives in the United States. Oh, yes. He was good. Yes. I remember George. I mean, I mean I've mean, i got Austin peeps that are in LSS. Um... Oh, um, um. Really? Richard. Yeah. Clark, um, Clark, Clark, Clark. Clark. Clark came over. He came over with his wife. They were both called. They only came over for a week. They were just busy. And then they went back. But we've got uh, another dancer called Kate, who now plays in the back there. Uh, and she's been a wonderful and uh, something called Cara I think she was three months hmm. she comes in and does some dancing every now and then um, cool. so yeah there's a few which is great and obviously Carla, who was Queen New York uh, pops back and forth oh Carla tall thin Carla correct yeah right okay I know who she is yeah she's been at Camp Courtney cool maybe if I saw a photo I'd yeah 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 exactly yeah but that's one reason why we want to do this podcast is just to get to know people around the world and see what people are doing and exchange ideas make connections yeah yeah Yeah, it's a really it's a really good thing that you're doing it's 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 the thing i think the most the biggest draw for samba is the people i mean the music's close second but the people for sure Mm -hmm. community for sure yeah yeah Yeah. well it sounds like you got a great thing going there Thank you. Uh, it, it's, it's fab. That's what I can say. <laughs> I know you guys enjoyed that episode. We really enjoyed uh, talking to Fred and getting to know him a little bit and getting to know more about the, the scene over there in the UK and in Europe. Um, I was watching some of the videos that he sent of them at Coburg and today and... I actually, Diana, I just started crying in the <laughs> while watching them. Um, I was just missing playing with other people and seeing people stand close to each other, and they're kind of joking around, you know, before they get going, and just the ex- excitement, and you know, everyone's sweaty and standing close <laughs> and playing, and I was just—I don't know—I just it got to me. I just started, I just missed it, and uh, just yeah, crying and thinking about this, all the things that happened this year, and all you know, everything. And, I don't know. And all the things that haven't happened this year, so. Yeah, and the things that haven't happened, yeah. So anyway, um, that's a little uh, bittersweet. Yeah. There's also a great video of Fred with, uh, oh my God. with Mestri Jonas that, uh, it's a couple years old, so, but it's so great. It's, there's just so much good energy in it and, uh, just kind of comical too. <laughs> Yeah. Jonas is leading and, and Fred is they're both facing the camera so you've seen the backs of the players with the directors and, and Jonas facing the camera and just there <laughs> Fred's Fred's directing is amazing 
Yeah, I, I, if you know Mystery Jonas, um, and I only know Fred by uh, audio here, but uh, I can imagine that it, that would be a great hang with the two of them. Yeah, <laughs> oh, man. it looks like so much fun. <laughs> We'll post all of um, the links for Le- that Fred sent us for London School of Samba and all of his projects up on our website, thebrazilianbeat.com slash episode 77, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And just to put it out there, too, you know, once we're back to normal, whenever that is, you know, uh, I, I know that I think Fred mentioned it in this episode, too, that, like, people from other places like Portland we've had friends uh, and Austin that have gone and played with them so if you get the chance you're traveling there's always <laughs> a samba school around it seems like just and you know just connect with them beforehand and and make these networking uh, contacts it's great yeah yeah once we can once we can all right everybody thank you for listening ciao Pão de açúcar, o Só alegria, nosso samba, rei da folia, sua unido, estamos de bateria. Ninguém vai conseguir ficar parado quando começar. Reis e rainhas com o povo irá sambar, irá sambar. Ninguém vai conseguir ficar parado quando começar. Reis e rainhas com o povo irá sambar A mocidade, a mocidade, a madrinha fui buscar Ela e Mosco, vamos homenagear Sou pioneira, primeira do meu país Sou raiz, minha Londres vai tremer Vai tremer, de alegria delirar Delirar, em verde e branco, verão minha Londres vai tremer, vai tremer, e a alegria delirá, delirá, em verde e branco, verão de Atravessei, atravessei, do pão de açúcar o só alegria, o nosso samba, rei da folia, sua vida e damos bateria. Ninguém vai conseguir ficar parado quando começar. Reis e rainhas com o povo irá sambar, irá sambar. Ninguém vai conseguir ficar parado quando começar. Reis e rainhas com o povo irá sambar. Na mocidade a madrinha foi buscar. Sou pioneira, primeira do meu país Sou raiz, minha Londres vai tremer Vai tremer, já queria delirar Delirar, em verde e branco Vendo ao mundo Minha Londres vai tremer, vai tremer Já queria delirar, delirar Em verde e branco Vendo ao minha Londres vai tremer, vai tremer, alegria delirá, delirá, em verde branco, velho, me deixe lá. Obrigado, bateria.